Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. It is another edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast from MLB.com, alongside Director of Braves Alumni Relations, uh, Rookie of the Year runner-up, almost another Rookie of the Year like our guest today, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh, uh, let's see, Rookie of the Year runner-up, World Series champ. Those are the two I always go with. And, of course, in addition, Director of Braves Alumni Relations. What else should I throw in there? What would be the next thing I should throw in there? Oh, you, you don't have to be humble here. What, what should be the Tennessee next Tennessee Hall of Famer. Are you? T- oh, see, I didn't even know that. See, I'm learning. Okay, that's cool. Um, Very cool. Uh, University of Tennessee, the yeah. baseball team. And then, uh, well, in my heart, you're a state Hall of Famer, yeah. too. Just yeah. beyond the school. Yeah. I don't know if I'm in the state, but I, I, I was like uh, player of the year for Tennessee. But there may not be that many baseball players in Tennessee. But, yeah. Huh? But, uh, you know, we can always – I think middle school. I want. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I uh, I was voted uh, in eighth grade uh, uh, best all around. Oh, the superlatives nice. in the yearbook. You can athletic go athletic be- all around or all no, around is no, in like no. I mean, I know all you around just, as in round, like as just in as big? a just as a person, <laughs> as a person, well rounded, good person, well rounded yes, person, as a good person. Okay, that's good. that's what I. I know I am a, as you can see, a finely tuned athlete, <laughs> and it is. It's hard to believe I didn't win the best all around well. athlete. But no, I was just I was best all around. Actually, the picture in the yearbook, um, they pulled us out. Me and the girl who won because it was a guy and a girl. Yeah, each one. They pulled us out of lunch to take it, and I had one of those uh, those dream sickles, like the orange cream sickle thing. Yeah. And I hadn't finished it, and we sat on these steps, like in the hallway, to take the picture. So I just I'm awkwardly holding it behind my back. I'm gonna throw it away. And we had to take the picture, and my lips are all like red because I was eating a popsicle. And so oh that's the, that, now that is the picture that I was forever voted best all around, and I've got popsicle lips oh, okay. and awkwardly holding my hand behind my back. So. Well, you were like this. I just invited about four of my uh, middle uh, middle school and high school buddies down to a game um, a couple nights ago and we just had a blast we had dinner and then we sat and watched the game and just told stories and we we saw a lot of us saw each other about five years five or six years ago in our last reunion but we haven't gotten together so they live in nashville knoxville chattanooga and so i invited them all down and they all came down we had just an absolute great time catching up and 
Well, we're going to try to do that a little bit more often. But these were guys that I actually from fifth grade all the way up through twelfth grade I went to school with, and uh, back in Knoxville. So we had, it was a great time. That's catching really cool. Up. Yeah. Well, now is a great time to bring people out here to the game. Oh yeah. I mean, that's oh, they for, they were all all of them is their first time. They no loved kidding. it. Yep. Well, it's loved great. It. It's summer. The summer is here. We're playing some really really good baseball. We're taping this a few days before the episode comes out. So as we're sitting here right now, Braves are in first. That could change. Uh, we hope it doesn't. I don't think it will, but you just never know. But either way, regardless of what happens between now and the day that this episode comes out, they're playing some really good ball. It's a great time to come out to SunTrust Park and they're watch hot. them. Really hot. They're Hit, hot. Hitting a lot of home runs. It's, wow. it's, it's something to see. It really I'm glad is. I'm not pitching. I hear you. I hear you. This is not the year to be a pitcher. <laughs> But this is the year, by the way, here's a shameless plug to go vote Braves, to get online, Mm -hmm. vote Braves, braves braves.com slash vote. Uh, The Google vote this year is actually, that's a new thing with Google, having the Google ballot. It's really easy. Like if you want to say vote for Ozzy Albies, just Google Ozzy Albies. The first result that comes up on Google, it will be the ballot where you can just click it right there and vote for it. Or if it's Freddie or Acuna or... Uh, Dansby, Dansby, uh, the last update I think was second shortstop, so we need to help him get him in there because he's having a great season. Oh, man. Uh, Marcakis, Donaldson, <laughs> McCann. McCann's a very worthy candidate this year. Or Flo, whoever you want to vote for, you go, go to uh, braves.com slash vote, go to the Google ballot. If you follow the Braves on Twitter or any of the social medias, we're, it, it's being promoted pretty heavily, mm-hmm. so you can click the links there. Um, great, great. Great time to go out and vote for the Braves. We've got a lot of deserving candidates, so let's make sure we send them to to Cleveland. Voting ends here soon, so yeah. if you haven't done so already, go get can't out there and vote do for it. pitchers. You can't, you can't. But I think we're going to have we got a couple pitchers. We got so we definitely got should some, have. We've got some very deserving candidates mm-hmm. there as well, and you know I I think yeah. I'll well, just th- I would throw it out there. I think Soroka absolutely, and there's a couple other guys that I think yeah. should get some consideration as well. I wouldn't be surprised if we had six guys on the All Star team, that would or be at least four. I think uh, one of the best teams in the National League it should, and one of the best records playing good ball. I absolutely should. So let's get those guys there. Well, talking about uh, All Stars today, we've got not only a former All Star but a former Rookie of National League Rookie of the Year, uh, Bob Horner, joins us today on Behind the Braves. I was extremely excited when you told me we were going to have him on because he was somebody, he's one of those guys that, like, he was a little bit before my time as a fan and watching baseball, but he's one of those guys that, like, my dad talks about watching. Like, my Mm -hmm. dad will talk about Dale Murphy and Bob Mm -hmm. Warner. Those are the Braves teams that he remembers watching. And so whenever it's like, and it's interesting, I, I didn't even tend to just bring that up just now. It was kind of the thing that came to mind. But Bob talks a lot about his relationship with his dad today in, in our interview with him, which is really cool to hear. And it, that kind of that connection between fathers and sons. And just for me, getting to talk to one of the guys that my dad talked about that I didn't get to see was a treat. Mm-hmm. It was a thrill for me. So uh, you're having Bob here. By the time this airs, we'll have already had the Alumni Sunday where Bob uh, Bob was one of the, mm-hmm. the guests. But uh, just talk a little bit about your relationship with Bob. Because he was before – I mean, he was before your time too as a player. Yeah, but but I grew up watching him right. in, in Dale. Uh, I'd come home. I had uh, – and I've probably shared this on the podcast before, but there was a period of time, about two or three years, where I couldn't play sports because I had a, um, a cartilage disease. And, and so I sat and wa- sat, come home from school, had nothing to do. So I'd watch the, I'd watch the um, Cubbies at, at uh, 1 o'clock. And then, well, not 1 o'clock. I'd watch the – I'd come home from school, and the Cubbies were playing. They were still playing because it was probably 3.30 or so. And then I'd watch the Bravos at night. And, of course, Dale and, and uh, Bob were the key players. And 
Bob was has as good a swing as anybody, hit home runs. You know, there were many years there where he hit 20 to 35 home runs. And and so I knew that growing up and never really got a chance to meet him until last year. We talked on the phone a little bit. But last year he came out to the new stadium, new park. We did some things together, Alumni Sunday. He came to fantasy camp last year. So so back reengaged with him. He's he's a real character and you're going to uh, it'll be a real treat to hear him talk about his career, his family and his perspective on life and um so it's been good to get to know him. I usually spend two or three days with him when he comes in cuz he lives in Dallas. So we're playing golf in the morning and and then there's some alumni. We were talking to Gary Matthews, one of his former teammates on the phone today. And, and of course, Murph's here. We'll get together. So it's just good to kind of get those guys together. I get to experience that very regularly because a lot of my former teammates all live in Atlanta, and they're very active with what we do in the association and they're very active here with the stadium. So I get to experience that. But some of these guys that that live, you know, Dale's in Utah, Bob's in, in Dallas, and and so they don't get to experience that as much. So I really like to be able to bring those guys together and let them be able to see each other and stuff. So it's a lot of fun. But uh, but Bob's had a great career. You said, you know, he was obviously uh, rookie of the year, one of 94 guys that um, went straight to the big leagues. But from 1980, I think he came up in 90 or in 78. 78. But, but uh, just to give our audience a perspective, there was probably – uh, there's only been, I think, <clears throat> eight guys since the year 2000 that have gone straight to the big leagues. and Or, no, I'm sorry, since 1980, there's only been eight guys. There's only been two guys since two, the year 2000. So before 1980, it happened more regularly. There were probably, you know, maybe a dozen guys back in the 70s. But really, since since 1980, there's not been a whole lot. I played with one guy named John Olerud who went straight from, you know, college to the big leagues. But uh, but it's not happened a lot. Like I said, in the history of baseball, only 94 times. Well, Bob was one of those guys, and he talks a little bit about that. Uh, he was an all-star in 82, lifetime batting average 277. And then we discussed the four-home run game, which is pretty amazing. Uh, on July 6th in 1986, he hit uh, four home runs. So great career, played in Japan, and um, just a real character. I think everybody's going to enjoy it. I think so, definitely. And as you mentioned there, it's so rare to go from college straight to the big leagues. It just doesn't happen very often. Mm. Not only did he do that, first player taken in the draft goes straight to the big leagues, wins rookie of the year. Yeah. I mean, that's just that just yeah. doesn't happen. That just shows you what a special talent he was. And um He's a pretty special guy, too. I think you're going to enjoy hearing from him. Here he is, former Braves Rookie of the Year, All-Star, Bob Horner. Only ten players have ever hit four in one game. That's one of baseball's most coveted records. There are two outs in the ninth inning. Reardon delivers. There's a fly ball, deep left center field. become the 11th player in baseball history to hit four homers in one game. Well, hey, Bob. Appreciate you coming by, and welcome to Behind the Braves. Hey, good to be here, as always, in Atlanta. 
Yeah, so we've gotten to know each other a little bit over the last couple of years. You've uh, been back to um, – you've been down to fantasy camp with us, which we had a great time. And then uh, this is the second year uh, that we've done Alumni Sunday, so you're back here for that. And we always appreciate uh, what uh, – you know, anytime some of our great alumni come back and we're getting them to reintroduce them to the fans. Because, you know, there's a whole – whether it was when I played or when you played, there's generations that didn't sure. see us play. So we get a chance to kind of reintroduce to – We're old, Greg. Well, you know, <laughs> I guess that's one way to say it. Right, yeah. But there are a lot of young fans out there now that the team always attracts. I think that the team attracts players, whether it's Acuna and Riley and these guys. They're, they're bringing in a new generation of fans, which is great. And then we get to introduce them to some of our alumni, which is what I love about – how many alumni are involved with us, but, um, but you had a very interesting career and, uh, and I was looking this up, I was thinking about, obviously there's not been very many people that have gone straight from amateur ball to the big leagues. And you were fortunate to do that. I was curious about the mindset and how your dad prepared you for that. Obviously you played at a great baseball institution, Arizona state. They were, you know, at the time they were one of the great teams and, and, uh, Tell us a little bit about how how you thought you were even prepared to go from from college to the big leagues. Was that your dad, your mom? How did that well, happen? Well, I mean, you know, my father, uh, you know, certainly like any dad does, you know, talks about the basics and you know the the ins and outs every day about how to hit a ball and whatnot. And um, to a certain degree, we all fall into that category, you know. Um, but I think the thing that really separates, in my view, separates the the good players from the great players is the mindset, is the mental challenge and, and, and to be able to deal with that every day, you know, because, you know, quite frankly, I looked at my two boys, you know, I was in the big leagues when I was 20 years old. I looked at my two children, my two boys, Tyler and Trent, and 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 when they turn twenty, and I'm looking at them going, no way. <laughs> I mean, there's just there's just no way. And you have to be so mentally tough to deal with it. Not only the rigors of what happens on the field every day, but then the travel and the media and the you know, and then being away from home and, you know, you're, you're, you know, my wife, Chris had babies and you're gone. You know, you, it, it, it's a very tough grind and you have to be so mentally prepared for it. And, you know, and once again, now you get back to the same thing. How do you prepare somebody for yeah. that? You really don't. Yeah. You can't. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what's out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's going to happen. You don't know when. You don't know why. But yeah. and you but have you to had, deal with. But it. you had something. I mean, you were able to come in and play at a high level and compete. So you had whether it's your background with your dad or growing up. But you you handled that transition pretty well. I mean, you started. You hit what twenty three home runs your first year, and I mean, you were off and running your first four or five years. I mean, you were hitting ball all over the place. So you made a pretty good adjustment. What do you attribute that to? Well, uh, once again, you know, my my father um, was my um, mentor, my teacher, my go-to guy, and and 
and I lost him unfortunately two years ago and I still every day truly um, remember the things that he used to tell me I, I can remember going to college and and my first semester at ASU and coming home on the weekend and looking at my dad and said dad I, you know listen I think I bit off more than I could chew here you know these guys are good I mean, they're really good. And he said, he looked me right in the eye. And, and if you knew my father, you'd know exactly, you know, uh, what he meant. But he looked at me and he said, son, are they better than you? I said, no. He said, then quit your complaining and get out there and do it. You know, I mean, that was my dad. Yeah. I mean, and and he is the reason why mm. I am – have done what I've done, you know, is because my dad. Yeah. Well, dads can do that for us, right? <laughs> that That is absolutely right. I think that's that's the truth for all of us, really. Mm -hmm. I, I I was wondering about that jump from directly from Arizona State straight to the bigs. When did the Braves tell you? Did they tell you right away, we want you, I mean, were you coming straight to Atlanta, or was there some discussion back and forth, or what was that process well, like? Well, I mean, you know, when Hank Aaron shows up to scout you in the stands, you kind of have a, <laughs> an idea talking. that good things are going to happen. <laughs> right. um, so, having said that, um, um, no, I, I, I think it was just, you know, truly kind of a offhanded, kind of thing you know the Braves let's be honest I mean the Braves were not that good back then and we weren't good and you know you're bringing up a lot of young kids you know Murph Hubbard you know myself you got a, a stockpile of young kids and it's going to take a while I mean you're, you're not all, all all stars you know that afternoon so anyway um and the, the, the suggestion was made you know hey throw him out there you know what's the worst you got to lose uh he doesn't perform send him to double a yeah. you know you got nothing to lose i mean you're going nowhere right now and so th that's kind of the way it happened yeah. and and you know Far be it. I mean, two days later, I'm in the big leagues going, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> uh, your first game, though, you hit, hit a home run off of Burt Blylevin, right? First yeah. Game? Okay. So that had to, did that at least when you when you hit that home run your first game did that kind of calm those nerves a well, little bit? Well, it was it was a you know a culmination of a lot of things. I mean, a dream for myself certainly, for my dad certainly. And uh, and my mental approach uh, proved that I was, you know, kind of right in, in that I, I always was a thinker at the plate and, and always evaluated things, pitchers. And, and, but having come into a league where you don't know anybody, I mean, I've watched them pitch on the TV, but I mean, I – and uh, – I mean, I'm 20 years old, and I'm thinking, God, the guy's going to throw me a fastball. He's got to throw me a fastball. <laughs> One, you know, and it's, yeah. you know, curveball, curveball, curveball. And I finally just said, all right, dummy, I'll look for a curveball. Yeah. Next pitch, curveball, 
you know, hit a home run. So well, Blind Eleven had a pretty good curveball. He wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of those uh, Steve Bly Eleven. I remember their curveballs were just like mind blowing. You don't you don't get to Cooperstown with a bad curveball. No, right? no, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I watched something um, early on this year, and it reminded me of some things that are going on now. So, do you do you watch Hard Knocks? Have you seen any of that program? Or I have. Okay, uh, so they do that in the NFL, and then they do a program called uh, Last Chance University on Netflix. Right. And I'm I'm totally addicted to those to those things i love football but also just the fact that they're behind the scenes well you got to do something like that back in your your day it was called the the long road to october and it was done on turner's you know on tbs right and it was about the 1982 team right and i watched that thing and i was totally enthralled i could not believe of course i got to see snit on there Joe Torrey, you, you know, Murph, they had uh, Leo Mazzoni oh, was on absolutely. there. Oh, my gosh. And I watched it. It's like three parts. And I watched that thing. And they're following you guys around. They're there in spring training. And they come on the road. And I saw John Holland and Fred Stone, who were just teenagers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, if, you know, fans don't know, those are our uh, – John Holland runs our home clubhouse. And Fred Stone runs the visiting clubhouse. And I've known those guys because they were there when I, you know, when I was playing. But and they were there when they I were was teenagers. Playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable. But anyway, what was that experience like? Because that was that had to be cutting edge at the time. Nothing was, nobody was doing anything like that. Right? No, I mean, you know, it's kind of, and part of it is kind of unnerving because you got this crew following you around and asking all these questions and you're going hey man just leave me alone (laughs) you know i'm just trying to do a job here you know but uh, but yes to answer your question it was um insightful certainly Mm -hmm. to the average fan that would turn in and and watch uh the broadcast about behind the scenes seeing things that you wouldn't normally know about you know you know what you do how you travel when the buses leave f- plane flights charter yeah. flights you know you know and and once again it's just it's just a part of your life you it's a daily part of your life you get so you know used to i guess yeah. that you know it, you don't think about it well, you guys had a great year, fortunately. It was a great year that you did that with. And it, But I remember seeing Bugsy, you know, Brett Butler and, and Bedrock, you know, Steve Petrosian, oh, yeah. who I'm friends with, and I got I got a chance to play against. And they were – I was coming in at the end of their careers. But, you know, Rick Camp and some of our great alumni. And um, uh, But I remember the scene where you guys are watching. Uh, I can't remember if you're in Milwaukee or where you are, but you're watching to see – uh, the last game, whether you're going to get in. Well, if we had won, uh, it was the last oh, game that's of the right. year. Yeah, you guys lost. We were in San Diego, and Ted was in the clubhouse, mm-hmm. which never happened. Okay, <laughs> and you know he's going nuts. And and had we won the game, then we would have won the West. That's right. So we lost the game, and now we're hoping that the Giants beat the Dodgers. And so we're watching the game, you know, on uh, broadcast, and we're all going nuts because Joe Morgan, if if you put on your thinking caps, hits a home run off Terry Forster, which puts the Giants up, and we're all going nuts because, once again, it's the National League West, which is – I never got that. I I mean, explain to me how the Atlanta Braves are in the (laughs) National League West. 
Somebody's going to have to come up with a good excuse. Well, for my that. first uh, two years is uh, we were still in the West, and then we converted and we moved to the East. I think – no, I'm sorry. We were uh, – yeah, because we came yeah. back on the Giants in 93. Mm-hmm. We were still in the West, and I was still confused by all that. I had no idea. All I know is that we hated the Dodgers. So oh, yeah, you yeah, hate blue. I mean, <laughs> that's you, you I got to, yeah. That's all I know. No, I remember one year we left, we broke camp in West Palm Beach, Florida. Okay, we started the year in Seattle. What? Played Seattle. two. Oh my god! Played two. Um, oh, exhibition exhibition games, games oh, okay, yeah, yeah. in Seattle. Okay, now we fly from Seattle to San Francisco, play two games. You know, you always have the Monday off day, Tuesday and Wednesday because in case opening day gets rained right, out, right, right? right? So, and now we turn around and fly home. So uh, we play, fly all the way. We had to stop and <laughs> fill refuel? the plane up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, Was we're, that a prop we're going like, you know, you know, you're going, who makes this schedule? I we're, mean, hey, yeah. we're still asking ourselves that. We've been we, asked, <laughs> we were talking about that in the press box uh, yesterday before the game. We're like, who is coming up with this schedule? Like, how does all this work? It's just bizarre how it still shakes yeah. out to this day. But but West Palm Beach to Seattle. I, know. Oh my I mean, gosh. who makes this For exhibition up? games, nonetheless. I mean, God. Oh and it didn't mean anything. Yeah, you're right. exactly right. Yeah. Exhibition game had to be. A, you play a lot of cards on the plane back then. You're oh, making yeah. all those trips. There had to be a lot of card playing. Uh, right? Well, uh, Delta still owes me because we used to play cards, and the middle seat was your. You folded it down and you put a towel on it, and you dealt the cards. You know, and uh, we got on this charter flight, uh, and um, um, I can't get the seat down. We can't get the seat. So we move up a row and can't get that one down. And I go, I got to, I can do this. I kick it. (laughs) It goes over. So now we play cards and about a month later, I get a bill from Delta Airlines for like $3,600 because I broke their chair. Oh, my gosh. Did you pay it? What was I going to do? <laughs> Everybody can fly but Horner. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Until he pays his bill. No, but I was 3600 in the pot every time I played. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's We're so spoiled nowadays, like just taking a simple flight. You can watch whatever movie you want, listen mm-hmm. to whatever you want. But I'm still – I'm just old enough to remember traveling a lot as a kid before any of that stuff came into play and, like, looking out the window – and counting, like, okay, how many color, like, red cars are going to pass the other way in an hour. And that was, like, the entertainment, you yeah. know, before he even had a walk manager. No, we, so, if you had somebody to play cards, I remember if I had somebody to play cards with, that was, like, oh, oh thank God. Well, this they, and they, they, these card games weren't for fun. Right. There was, there was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, you had a vested interest in the card games. Yeah. I'm assuming you're trying to win at least 3,600. <laughs> yes, that's right. I've got to get back <laughs> that's you right. know, what I've got in the game. Yeah. So. Well, I, w- I want to back up a little bit because I-, I would assume I- I've read up a little bit in the decision to go to college instead of turning pro out of high school. It didn't sound like from the quotes I've read it was that difficult of a choice for you, that the education was more valuable to you than the money that I think it was the, were the, did the athletics, did they draft you out of high school or scout yeah, you out of high school? Yeah, Oakland in, in the – 
15th round or fourth. I mean, it's a matter of record, but something like that. And it was, you know, I got a chance to go to ASU, the number one uh, baseball school in the country, um, and or, you know, get drafted in the 15th round and get, you know, just basically, you know, put into an organization. You're young. You don't know what's going to happen. There was no, there was really no choice for me. I mean, it was go to school. Why do you think, because I, I went back and reading up on you, it sounds like coming out of high school, you should have been a, a top round pick. Was it just the area you were from? Was it not a baseball, I guess, hotbed at the time? Or, Who knows? You know? I mean, you know, most, honestly, the West Coast, California and that is where, you know, a, a, a large percentage of the people who get drafted come out of. Arizona was kind of a hidden territory back then. So kids coming out of school back then, good, bad, or indifferent, just never got the same recognition. Right. And, you know, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. you know, and uh, I made the right choices. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. so, I mean, I'm happy. Yeah, did a good job. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I know that you were fortunate enough to play at a time where there were a lot of young guys coming up, and we named a bunch of them. But you also had an owner that had a lot of character, you know, and that kind of really brought – That's a word. <laughs> he brought a lot of attention to us through TBS and Turner Sports and all that kind of stuff. But back in your day, Ted was a little bit more involved than he was in my day. And I heard stories of him flying you guys up to to watch the the big races, the boat races up in New York. Now, wh what do you what do you remember? I mean, were you there when he became a manager? or Was that before you? I think that was back in the seventies, right? He, Early seventies. Uh, when he tried to get on the field was seventy six, and I was a okay. rookie in seventy eight. Yeah. So I just beat him out of that. That's right. So, but you know, Ted and I disagreed on a lot of things but there's no man on the planet that i respect more than ted turner i mean he was um cutting edge i mean he did things that most people just dream about and and uh, uh his ability to look past the ordinary and do the extraordinary was incredible. And and there is nobody. Him and I, we bumped heads a few times, and it's well documented, but there's nobody, and I mean this, there's nobody I respect more than Ted because he had a vision. Whatever that vision was, however he came up with it, I remember him sitting in the clubhouse going, hey, what do you guys think about a, like a 24-hour like news station. Oh, really? You're going like, what? <laughs> you know, and he goes, no, we're, we're gonna we're gonna try to kick this thing off. You know, what do you think? And I go, you know, news is news. I mean, you know, whatever, go for it. And I know. I mean, not that any of us had anything to do with it, but yeah. the fact but that he would come and yeah. ask you, yeah. you know. Well, I uh, Daryl Cheney, one of your former teammates and um daryl tells a story and this might have been right before you you know you said there were some real lean years there before oh uh, yeah. yeah but in that <laughs> mid-70s time daryl said that it's the seventh inning 
one night and they're getting their tails beat in. It's like eight to nothing, nine to one. And in the seventh inning, you know, you're used to hearing the seventh inning stretch. I don't know, did they did they do that back when you're playing? I, but uh, it's a blur. Yeah. But uh he said all of a sudden he hears this like <clears throat> uh can I have everybody's attention? <laughs> Ted's on the microphone as the team's warming up. He goes uh, fans, this is uh, Mr. Ted Turner. I just want to let you know that the team is so bad, and I apologize <laughs> that I'm giving everybody oh, I'm giving everybody a free, free ticket <laughs> to oh, no. a future game. Oh, no. That's right. <laughs> and he said, Daryl said that all the whole team turned around, looked up in the press pocket, and like going, "Really?" <laughs> and they all like got their hands out, going, "Really?" <laughs> I mean, I thought yeah. that was the best. Hey, thanks so much, Ted. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and I could see him doing that. Exactly, oh. but see, he would, yeah. he would, he would do things like that, mm-hmm. and 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 the big heart that he had would think nothing of it. Yeah, you know, as a player or whatnot. You, mm-hmm. you, you, but it was his way of trying to give back and let people know that I care. Yeah, you know, I care about what's going mm-hmm. on out here, and these guys out here suck. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah. He, we got to do yeah. this, you know. So it's funny we get a pep talk once a year, and it was during the playoffs. So I remember oh, yeah. two. Of, well, one of them, one of them was the famous one, and you know when we were playing in the World Series, and and he he wouldn't really come all year long, but he would watch some games, but he'd come and he'd give us some famous pep talks, but. Uh, but yeah, he was he was different. Uh, oh uh, yeah, character and remember meeting Jane Fonda and and they'd come in spring training and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I was curious if you had any you know the you had a great the, stories. The one thing I that sticks with me to this day is if you think about it and you read up on it, every woman he ever met was named Jane. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? His wives? Yeah. You know, Jane Fonda. Yeah. I mean, you know, all of his, uh, you know, um, early wives were all named Jane. Yeah, really? Okay. That's well, he, I guess he had an affinity for that. He liked Sorry, that name. Ted. I, did. <laughs> I don't know if Ted's <laughs> listening. But hey. It brings a new we meaning would to love I'm on your Ted. side, man. Yeah. I'm on your side. Ted, if you're listening, we would love to have you on uh, anytime Absolutely. you want to do. Absolutely. <laughs> Please. We could, we could talk about this. <laughs> we don't right. it further. Uh, but don't bring my name <laughs> No, no, no. We won't have it. No. Bob said nothing. Oh, no. my gosh. Uh, I, was, I was reading uh, about how you were a member of the inaugural class of the College Baseball Hall of Fame. And I was thinking, like, to be a part of any Hall of Fame has just got to be the best feeling in the world. But to be the inaugural, I mean, mm-hmm. you're the first class. I mean, that had to be that had to be quite a special feeling, I would think. Was well, it? I mean, you know, it, it sounds cliche, and it is, but I mean, the, I was one of a lot of guys that came at ASU. And and who deserve to be in that class? Me and Bobby Winkles are our first original head coach there, and he's a dear man, love him to death. Um, you know, you 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 know, we walk on the on the backs of soldiers, you know, that that lay the field for us, you know, and and we had good years. I'm not going to say I didn't, but I mean, had it not been for teammates. In, in an organization who is dedicated to win. That's all they want to do. That's all we do is we win, you know. And when, and which makes it 
really tough coming out of college, okay, and going to the Braves. And now it's not about necessarily about the team, but now you're going from a team who never lost. We didn't lose. We lost. It was a tragedy, okay? And now you're on a team that's losing 100 games a year. You know, and, and you know, mentally you've got to recycle your brain because now you you uh, you have to understand, you know, life is the sun's not going to go. It's got to come up. You got to keep running out there, you know, and it was hard. Very, very hard. I would imagine so. Yeah. yeah so you you finish up your um, well, you don't know it at the time, but I mean this you finish up with Atlanta and you choose to not resign in the big leagues, but you go to Japan. And you spent a year over there, which there had been some players, but there weren't a lot of players that would go in Japan. You were probably uh, the most famous, you know, um, Major League Baseball player to go and play in Japan. And since then, there's been a bunch of guys that have gone over there and played. And, mm-hmm. um, and of course, the Japanese baseball, that's, it's gotten better. I, I had some uh, peers that went over there and played, and they said, you wouldn't believe how much better it's gotten. And then you've seen a lot of players come over here. And so you were kind of on the forefront of that. But what was your experience like going on and playing there? Because I know you just did it for one year, and I don't know if it's because you had enough or, or what, but tell us a little bit about <laughs> what that was like. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> no, uh, uh, you know, it – you know, historically, it was in the middle of the collusion thing, and not to get into, you know, gory details, but anyway, I was sitting around in January, and, and, and you know, you're, re- you're realistically looking at spending the rest of the year and not playing. Hmm. Now, do you, at, at 30 years of age, I mean, I'm thinking, I can't do that. I got to play somewhere. Okay, I got to keep the skills and, you know, whatever. And it just kind of happened out of the blue. You know, I mean, they called, said, you know, hey, what do you want? And like a dummy, I said too low. <laughs> You're going. <laughs> they answered too quick. Yeah, that's right. Dang, and, and, and so anyway, it was a absolutely wonderful experience mm. for me. I, I, The Japanese people, the ball club – the community i mean they were fantastic so i have absolutely no regrets in fact i would tell any american who wants to go and play over there that there's opportunities and there's uh you know a great life to be made over there um you know the way i was raised the way i was born the way i was you know brought up in baseball is i wanted to play here this is what my dream was, okay, not taking nothing away from the Japanese at all, but I wanted to play here. That was my dream. So I, as fast as I could get back, I got back. And, uh, um, but I, I, once again, I mean, I hate to keep blubbering on about it, but the Japanese people were wonderful, absolutely wonderful. They treated me and my family like royalty, and um, I have nothing but wonderful things to say about the Japanese. How would you characterize their game at the time? Double uh, A. Double A, okay. Yeah, so. And I'm sure that that's gotten better. 
Yeah. You know. I think it is because of guys like you that have gone over there. They've been – they've the game's evolved to where now those guys are coming over here. Ichiro just had a Hall of Fame career over here. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame in both countries, right. which will be a first, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I would imagine. I mean, you yeah, think absolutely. That? Well, and we just had on Andrew Jones uh, a couple weeks ago here on yeah. Behind the Braves, and he he went over and played at the end of his career, and he echoed a lot of the things, same things you were saying about what, just what a great experience it was. And he was talking about how I guess when they played the exhibition series mm-hmm. in the late '90s, how much better the game, their product of play is over there, even as compared to '98, whenever yeah. he was. Oh, I'm sure. To, to now. And that had to have started, I would think. So if it's double A in the '80s and it's progressively gotten better to the point where you said they're they're sending. Well, it was big, it big was almost now. it was kind of interesting because when I got there, that had never really happened before, right. mm-hmm. you know. And um, I would talk to my guys, the older guys, um, and say, "Hey, let's go out and have dinner, have a beer, have you know whatever." And um, at first, no, that. That did not happen. And then as the year went by and I'm going, you know, you guys, hey, you know, we're in this together, whether you like it or not. I mean, we're going down the same road here. And so, you know, I'd like to learn more about you all. And I know you would about us and what, you know, let's talk. I want to know. I want to learn, you know. And so gradually, and it, it took a lot of time. But finally, you know, at the end of my stay there, you know, the guys would go out and they spoke, you know, pretty good English. And I I understood more Japanese than I could speak it. Um, but you learn to communicate and they would ask you questions and you'd learn, why do you do this? And why do you know what, you know, and help me here. I mean, how, what do you look for when you're at the plate and why? And, you know, and so it opened up a whole dialogue, which was wonderful because I don't think that that had ever happened before because I think the players from our side going over there were kind of standoffish you know what I mean? And meaning that, you know, you, you're going to be a nice guy, but, you know, I'm on my own and just stay away from me, you know, kind of deal. Now you, that is never the way to live. you got to learn. you got to keep your ears open and learn and listen, you know. That's one of one of my favorite baseball movies, and I think it's a very underrated movie, is Tom Selleck, Mr. Yeah, baseball, Mr. where he plays the guy who gets cut from the Yankees and goes to Japan to kind of revitalize his career. And as you were describing your experience, I'm like, this is kind of like the, this is kind well, of Mr. The, the plot f- that Mr. Baseball The first on. part of that movie is absolutely right on. The last half of it is, I'll uh, let you fill in the word. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> All right. I think everybody but knows But the first that. half of it is actually right on. I mean, if you watch that movie, the first half of it, that's what you do. Yeah. You know, and, and the last half. That's the Hollywood part is the half, last yeah. half. Yeah. They're yeah. selling <laughs> movies now. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, that's just interesting. Okay, I have to ask. I don't want to ask the cliche question, but I do have to ask. How often do you get asked about the four-home run game in 86? Because that's, that's – Quite often. Right. Well, I work with the social media and the marketing team with the Braves, and even now – Every year on the anniversary of that game, we will post pictures or or videos of it or folks' memories of it because it is something that even still, to this day, people remember fondly and love to talk about. So, 
you know, how do you how do you recall when you think back? How do you recall that day? Uh, had a good week. Well, it must that have been day. some pictures. You saw the ball look like a watermelon, or what? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I I've watched that game several times, and um, just mistakes, bad mistakes. You know, I mean, one two hanging curveballs and you know what I mean you you know being a pitcher you understand but you can't throw watermelons up there you know you just can't do it and you know and and you're not looking for it you're battling you know what I mean but at the same time he throws one up there and you're going hey I know you didn't want to throw it I know that so you know it was it was a great day for me personally, but we lost. Yeah, and that and that is that what sticks out to you oh, most about I, that they I, lost the you game. Can't, yeah. Because you think look? about it, yeah. you can't celebrate. Right, you're getting on a plane to fly to New York or Pittsburgh or wherever. Right. So you there's no, you know what I mean? It's good. Hey, nice going, but you know we lost. Right. So. Yeah, that that's got to be one of those surreal surreal moments because, first of all, just hitting a home run is not an easy thing to do, but then you just you hit another one, and then you hit another one, and I'm thinking, I mean, because I saw um, we had another guy, Mark Witten, who played with us. Uh, he he was with the Reds, or I think it was with, he was either with the Cardinals or the Reds at the time when he hit, right. hit his four home run game, but it's got to be just. I mean, it's enough to hit two. And then you played – but you played with some guys where you guys hit some – you know, we were talking to Sarge earlier, Gary Matthews. You guys hit some home runs. I mean, you had Jeff Burles hit home runs. You hit home – Murph hit home runs. So, you guys – it wasn't like that was a fluke day. You guys were hitting 20, 30 home runs a year. Right. But uh, but it must be feel pretty good to get rack up four of them in one day. But that's not something you try to do. I mean, it's just something that, no. like you said, it just happens, it just happens. right? It it absolutely is a miracle. Yeah. I mean, it truly is. Mm. Um, you know, uh, uh, every time I watch that film, I see Willie Stargell is our first base coach. <laughs> and Big Will was such a great friend. Yeah, he was. Awesome. And uh, we lost a gem when we mm. lost Willie. But just seeing him and slapping hands and how excited he was, mm-hmm. you know, forget about how excited you are, mm-hmm. but he was so excited. And Ted Simmons, <laughs> my great friend, um, uh, was on the bench and uh, seeing guys who've been through the wars like mm-hmm. we all had been right. and enjoying it with them. That was special. Mm-hmm. Did your folks get to see you play a lot? Or did they come to Atlanta and, Hang out? Um, no. No, okay. Um, they would go – my parents lived in Phoenix, so they would come to L.A., San Diego, like San Francisco, and uh, – uh, but I have to say this. Sorry, Dad. My dad never, ever seen me taking it bad in the major leagues. Really? He would get so nervous. Now, here's a man who was the toughest SOB I ever knew, okay? Raised me, taught me, you know, watched me in college, watched me, you know. And when I would get up with the Braves, he would get up and go into the concession stand because he could not, he could not watch me. 
It, wow. He would get so nervous. About that. He couldn't stand himself. And I thought, you, I mean, who are you? <laughs> you know, this is a man that took a belt to me half my life. You know, I mean, you're not going to watch me hit. This is what you did. Wow. You know, That's so. Well, thank uh, God for TBS. Because your mom, you know, and, and I know my parents, they got to watch watch us every night, and that was a real blessing. Yeah, but understand, back when I played, there was – you had to go – TBS was not readily available to That's all. That's right. It wasn't until like So you had to go something. to like a, a, like a, a pub, a bar, okay. a restaurant that had that satellite. piped in. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you didn't go there, you weren't going to get it on TV. Yeah. So, you know, I played when the dinosaurs roamed. So, you know. <laughs> well, I remember I was in in the early 80s, about 83 is when we got our first cable um, in Knoxville. And I remember watching Cubs during the day and the Braves at night. So, That's right. W-O-R, W-G-N, and TBS. That was it. Yeah. And Ted, remember Ted wanted to have everybody wear 19 on their back for uh, Superstation Channel 19. Superstation. And yeah. Major League Baseball said, no, you couldn't do that. I don't think so. <laughs> no. He wanted everybody to wear 19. He was yeah, not smart like that. Yeah. But, you know. But that's crazy. But that's something he would come up with, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's good. So when you think back on your career, what is the – is there one thing that's just the fondest memory or kind of usually the first memory that pops up or the – just what what is your fond of the when the thing that just makes you happiest when you think back on it from I, your You career? know, what truly is not the accomplishments or all that stuff. It's just knowing that I fulfilled a dream of my father's and he – there's nothing that was ever going to um, – Fill that void, if, if if way to put it, meaning that for me or one of my brothers to make it was that was all I needed. You know what I mean? I playing four home runs, rookie of the year, all that stuff. It happens, and I'm happy for it. I'm not, you know, d- discounting that. But to see the look on my father's face, that's all I ever needed. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's incredible. Well, um, I know that the fans are glad to have you back. We've been having you. You've gone to some of the suites and, uh, and hanging out in the premium areas, and we're going to do Alumni Sunday with uh, with some former uh, teammates. If I ever get a hold of them, man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Return phone call. All right. Sonny Jackson's going to be here. Um, Craig Scope's going to be here. Was a, a former reliever. God, I haven't seen those guys yeah. in years. And uh, and then one of my um, contemporaries, uh, Chris Hammond's coming in too. So so we appreciate you being here on Behind the Braves and coming hanging out with us here at the stadium. Of course, we've got a beautiful ballpark now to come come Absolutely. to. Absolutely. And, and uh, so I, my final question would be, Son, some of the some of the teams that you played, and I mentioned earlier that that you played with guys like Jeff Burroughs who could hit the ball out, and Gary Matthews, and and uh, Dale Murphy. Watching the today's game, meaning our team, you know, we got Acuna and Riley and Freddie Freeman and these guys, Josh Donaldson. Do any any similarities that you see some of our young players now that make you think back about when you had? I mean, we had a pretty good lineup there, and you know, eighty one, eighty two, eighty three. When you were playing, does it does it bring back any you see anything that you think? Oh, man, it reminds us of how how good and how many home runs we were hitting because as a group you guys were doing, and that's what these guys are doing now. You see any similarities between the the oh, teams? Oh, sure. Uh, you know, and and if I could give them just a small piece of advice, and that is, 
is is enjoy it. Enjoy it. Don't get out in front of yourself, if that makes sense. I mean, take it all in, you know, and don't outthink yourself. Just let it happen. Let it come to you, you know. The best advice I could give to a young hitter is just let it happen. React. You know, don't think all this stuff ahead of time, you know, because what you think is going to happen and what actually happens is always different. Mm -hmm. So let it happen. Just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Because let me tell you something, you're going to wake up one day and you're 61 <laughs> doing a radio show, <laughs> you know, and, and it happens in a blink of an eye. Right. It does. Right. And I I thank God I, I, I felt like I really took time when I played to really enjoy it. That's good. You know, and I look back now with a smile on my face and, you know, injuries and blah, 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 you know, it is what it is. You do as much as you can for as long as you can then you mm -hmm. hang them up that's right well that's a good word well thanks for joining us and um, my pleasure Greg. yeah and uh, it's been good hanging out with you yeah thank you bob we really appreciate it my pleasure Our thanks again to Bob Horner for joining us here on Behind the Braves. What an interesting career and life he's lived from Arizona State and just being a stud there, obviously. You're not, you don't get taken first overall in the draft if you're not a stud. Uh, go straight into the big leagues, rookie of the year, as we said. All the accolades, the four home runs in the game in one game. Playing in Japan, that him hearing him talk about that was really really interesting. And as you pointed out when you when you brought it up, I mean he was kind of the he was forging new territory with that. You know that wasn't something that guys it's something that happens pretty regularly now, but it didn't really happen then. Uh, just really really interesting to hear him discuss his career and his his approach to everything. I love I love 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 what he was talking about what he tells all young hitters and what he would tell our young guys if he was talking to them about just enjoying it and soaking you know soak up the moment that kind of thing. Really really fun hearing from Bob. Yeah, it's tough to really think about that when you're 22, 23 years old. There's a lot going on inside your head. There's a lot of people pulling you different ways. It's really takes some some uh what how I should say that, but really people around you who are grounded to help you stay grounded so that you can know that, hey, this is a special time and, and uh, you, you know, try to enjoy it. it, it but no matter whether you do or not, it still goes by as fast. It still goes by fast, right? Everything does, yeah, yeah in life. It just goes, you wake up one day and you're like, what? Just, I know. Or, or like me, like I check on, like I get on Facebook every day and it'll give you like your memories, like uh. such and such happened on this day. And it'll just be something like some dumb picture or something I posted 10 years ago. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'll remember it. Like, I see it. And I'm like, that was 10 years ago? I know. Like, where did that go? What, what, know. you know, it's amazing. So, well, you know, the they right say perspective on time it. flies when you're having fun, right? That's and, right. And when you're that age and you feel like you got the world by the tail and you're having success and, and all that, it does go by fast just because, man, you're just, you're enjoying it. And, um, but I think what happens is as we get older, we look back and I think we appreciate that. I know that, and Bob made mention of that, I appreciate that time that I had. I appreciate the, the teammates that I had and the time here being in Atlanta. 
so I can look back at that and I can have fond memories. And but you know, it went by fast because you're having a good time. Absolutely. That's. I sometimes wonder. I'm like, I can't believe this is my fifth season down here in Atlanta, having moved here with the Braves, and it just. Yeah. It seems like I just moved here last week. It well, really and it just seems like yesterday we just had our first episode, and uh, you and I were sitting up in one of the conference rooms, yeah. <laughs> getting to know each other, and here we were on. This is our be our thirtieth episode, I believe. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's amazing. It's thirty. That's, that's, that's unbelievable yeah. that we've already done 30. Yeah, and, and didn't you say we're – are we at 150,000 downloads and – Something like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, somewhere close to that. I mean, that's – and we've had uh, great response, people listening to us. I know that I get feedback every day from our coworkers, from family, from friends. Um, just uh, people stop me, you know, here around the ballpark, say, hey, I love the Behind the Braves, heard you the other day. That was a great episode with Leo. It was great with David Justice and – um, you know, they, they've been having a good time. So this has gone by fast. It really has. I can't believe that we've been able, been able to do what we've, we've accomplished so far. And we're just still feels like we're just scratching the surface and getting started. And to your point too, I had somebody stop me in the battery. I was walking out of a meeting out of the ballpark the other day and somebody stopped me in the battery and they just, they recognized me from Twitter, Instagram or something and said that they mainly wanted to talk about behind the Braves. Hey, Bubba. Listen. Hey, Bubba, he said. And I was like, <laughs> I immediately turned around. And I was like, yeah, that's me. How you doing? Yeah, so. <laughs> well, you know, we hide here in the alumni lounge because we figure that they, if they're going to fire us, they won't be able to find us. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, you've got the only key. That's right. <laughs> so they can't get in there. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, and we got the coolers and some food over here. Hey. So we're good. We're set. We're good. Okay, well, listen, we've talked a lot about uh, Braves Fantasy Camp. We've been promoting that the first year. First time ever at Northport. The new facility in Northport will be happening 2020. We've talked a lot about it, and we've been telling people, you know, make sure you secure your spot, or if you're interested in it, take a mm -hmm. look into it. Uh, my colleague here was just telling me before we started taping today that the spots, they are a dwindling, folks. There aren't yes. many left. So if you want to be one of those participants in the first Braves Fantasy Camp to happen at Northport, you need to need to get mm -hmm. on that, don't they? Yeah, it's been amazing. I think, uh, obviously, the excitement of the new facility and then just uh, the way camp has evolved over the years. I mean, we've only got like eight or ten spots left for – for January 2020. So if you uh, if you still want to experience um, Fantasy Camp, then uh, be sure and go online, braves.com slash Fantasy Camp. Uh, you can also go to our alumni page, which is braves.com slash alumni, and you can see all of the different uh, activities that we have going on. We talk about Alumni Sunday, Alumni Weekend. One of the things that we've been doing here, if you don't get a chance to get in with Fantasy Camp in January, we do have what's called Brave for a Day. And that is where I take 20 to 30 fans through what it's like to get ready for a game. And we come out here to SunTrust Park. We actually hit on the field. We, we go in the bullpen. I'll work with you on your pitching. And you'll be able to warm up and throw on the same mounds that, uh, that um, uh, the team does. We'll be able to hit on the field. We do. I bring out some alumni. So we'll have two or three alumni. We've had Brian Jordan, Marquise Grissom, and Ryan Klesko. We've had a bunch of different guys participate with us. You'll actually hear from them. You'll work with them on your hitting and your fielding. Then we'll have a Q&A and autographs and stuff in the SunTrust Club when we're done. And then I'll take you on a private tour of the stadium. So it's a real fun four-hour event. Like I said, we take um, we take 20 to 30 people. So you can go to braves.com slash alumni and see where you can find out more information about Brave for a Day. We're doing our first one July 30th. 
Oh, heck, that's so a little we'll over the, a month yeah, from now. Yeah. Right, and then we'll do one after the season. But for right now, the first date I have is July 30th. I've got people registering for that right now. So if you feel like that you can't uh, commit to January, we'd love to have you come out for Brave for a Day. We'll put you in your own uniform. We'll get you a bat from Mizuno and a real wood bat and let you try to hit. Heck, yeah. Or at least teach you how to hit and teach yeah. you how to field. It's, it's a good time. Yeah, I need that. I need the hitting instruction. As we've talked about on here before, we'll get you out there. My uh, my performance in the Braves employee softball tournament a couple. Give of years me some ago. guitar lessons and singing lessons, and I'll give you some. You're getting the short end of that deal, but I'll <laughs> gladly do it. That's not a problem. I can show you some stuff. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else is going to want to hear. I'm still it, waiting for that new compilation. Yeah, I know. When's the new parody coming out? I don't know. We're, we got to work on the. Well, no, this has got to be. We got to. We got to work on that together. You, oh, you got to bring okay. in your guitar. Well, you got to come we'll, up with some ideas. And okay. All right. All right. I'll we'll have to have a, a brainstorming session. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on that. We'll, that will have to be a show where we do some. Okay, we can parodies do that. and. We yeah. got we've got a couple uh, throughout the summer. A couple of our just us us two shows guest list shows. Have right? we had Frenchie in here yet? We had Frenchie in uh, January, I think. Yeah. Oh, we did. We did. We brought because I brought up the, the oh, parody that's I did right. I was going to say we could bring it back because you could that that was, try that again. I just said, you remember there was a guy kind of looked like me, sang kind of <laughs> this creepy tribute song. He just goes, and that was you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll try to reach out to Darius Rucker and see oh, if he'll come go. back. Yeah, we'll get him to come back. And yeah. maybe he'll bring his guitar. Now, that's what we need to do. And we all three could play. Maybe he can help us. Now we're talking. That would See, be pretty good. That would be good. And we'll, we don't have to we have to Hey, Booty. Yeah. We can do the – obviously, he'll sing, but we can do the the hold my hand part, like in the background, the chiming in. Oh, we can okay. be the back, background all right, singers, Yeah, because so. we can always auto-tune that. Oh, yeah, we can auto-tune the crap out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have to, yeah. All right, we'll work on that. All right, sounds good. We'll get going on that right now. <laughs> we'll let you all go. But before you do – as always, please continue to rate, review, subscribe behind the Braves on iTunes. We read all the reviews. We very much appreciate them. It helps other people discover the show. I've seen uh, friends and just people on Twitter and Instagram this week in particular, the or last week with the, uh, the EY episode. They were sharing screenshots on Twitter, encouraging people to listen. They were sharing it on their Instagram story, encouraging people to listen. It's really cool to see. People are not only listening, but helping us uh, promote the show and helping the show grow. And we... we definitely notice it and we very much appreciate it so thank you for that uh and as always for greg mcmichael i'm ricky mast we'll see you next time on behind the braves Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.